Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Animation One-to-Ones. I'm Ben Mitchell, Editor-in-Chief at Squiggly, and today we're delighted to welcome back Anna Ginsberg, animator and director who we first spoke with in Episode 2 of the Squiggly podcast series Intimate Animation. She was discussing her film Private Parts, a short that combined the talents of superb animators to visualize the candid discussions of the general public's attitudes toward desires regarding sexuality, insecurities regarding anatomy. Wonderful piece of work. It was produced in collaboration with It's Nice That for Channel 4's Random Acts. And in the five years since, Anna has been continuing to absolutely smash it. Her work always makes me smile. It always makes me think. It's really wonderful stuff. Uh, She's been doing work with CNN. She made a viral film called What is Beauty? A visual overview of the ever-changing attitudes and pressures on women to conform to body standards over different eras. Her more recent collaboration, typically with Caitlin McCarthy, really visually fun and energetic film that destigmatizes and celebrates periods. This was for Bloody Good Period and Mother. Uh, as well as phenomenal work for World Refugee Day, the BBC, Gymshark, many, many others. Um, and as other work includes independent shorts, mixed media projects, experimental projects, live action, stop motion. She's done an array of music videos. One of them won a BAFTA. Really, really uh, fantastic body of work. So uh, excited to talk to her again. Having previously picked up a crystal at Annecy a few years ago for a Selfridges campaign called Material World, Anna is back in the commissioned films category this year at Annecy with her film A Love-Hate Relationship, a boldly designed and beautifully animated film for breast cancer now, conveying the complex variety of journeys, emotions, and overall pros and cons associated with breasts. And this continues a theme of marrying bold and utterly captivating visuals with important issues of body image, autonomy, intersectionality, and representation overall. Uh, it really was fantastic to catch up with Anna, and I'm super grateful to her for taking the time, especially as her household had just been hit with COVID. Um, it's a testament to her that she was happy to proceed with the interview, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, let's crack on with it, shall we? We did talk about it a little bit before, but for the, as it's been a couple of years, um, perhaps you could quickly kind of recap your like beginnings and how you ultimately kind of came together with Strange Beast. Yes, so um, I graduated in 2012 um, with a BA from Edinburgh in animation. I then spent about two to three years either assisting other animation directors in art or being almost, I was like art department for some stop motion productions, um, like the John Lewis Chris advert, Bear and the Hair, where I was making little... Uh, snowy mountains um, and forests and stuff for a summer um, at Clapham Road Studios in South London. And then I did a lot of music videos. I did a couple tour visual projects. Um, And then at last I had something that I wanted to say. I hadn't really had anything that I wanted to say. It was all kind of experimentation up until that point. And then I started making the film Private Parts which was an animated documentary involving talking vaginas and penises, talking about sexual equality and masturbation, which came out in 2016. And that is the film that really changed things for me after all these music videos 
because that's the film that's meant that I got signed with Strange Beast and I started to work on projects that were bigger, had bigger budgets, I had bigger teams and also I just felt more supported um, and more part of something. Um, and also as well, I suppose I just found my voice more as a director, like I'd worked out, it was it was very heartening to make something that you care about and then kind of starts to define you and people react to too well. And then after that, there was, you know, at commercials um, and then I made What is Beauty, which was another short um, about uh, the changing definition of beauty throughout hu human history. More recently, in 2019, I made Ugly uh, for World Refugee Day with a, a collaboration with a painter, so in quite a different style. And then in the interim, I, I did more collaborations with other directors, a few more commercials. And then last year, um, I did some music videos and commercial stuff, but then I did two films that were self-initiated, one being Just the Two of Us, which is a short, really super short. It's like 50 seconds long. Um, and it's just me animating a voice recording I did on the bus of a stranger singing the song, just the two of us, but like only a line of it over and over and over again in a really like calm, meditative way. But at the time it was such a busy, it was like rush hour. And at the time it just, it just made me so, it made my like hair stand on end. I was like, how's this woman? <laughs> so relaxed and so like unaware of the general public and it was just beautiful lovely I was glad I recorded it mm. and then in lockdown I was feeling super nostalgic about interactions with strangers and you know just being someone moving through a city and not being allowed to do that um I refound the voice recording and I thought I should animate this and also actually at that moment I'd lost quite a lot of confidence because I'd done a lot of collaborations with amazing designers like Caitlin McCarthy who you might have interviewed who's an amazing director um I'd done something with Hannah Jacobs um and I think I'd done something with Parallel T and I basically had lost a bit of confidence in my own design ability so for me it felt like I'm going to animate this 50 seconds and design everything myself, not have any creative support. And it was a bit, it was actually at that moment, although I've done that before, it felt a bit scary because I'd been so used to collaborating for so long. Um, and it was a good exercise in character design. And then I did a love-hate relationship for Breast Cancer Now that, again, was pretty self-initiated. So it was quite lovely the charity came to me and said, we've got this concept, we want to try and visualise the nuances of how women feel about their breasts. We want it to be just over a minute. You do what you want to do and you design it exactly how you like, would like to design it and it doesn't have to have a, a voiceover. So that was a really liberating, lovely project. And that's screening it down see this week. Uh, yes, exactly. So I guess when a charity comes to you then for a film like this, they presumably then seen your work and they, you know, want you to do something in a particular vein, I guess? 
yeah so I think I think every time I've done something that I really care about i.e a what is beauty or a private parts then charities and brands will come to me I've lost money on most of my short films but brands and charities often come to me and say we want you to kind of redo something like this um which is quite gratifying in a way it's like it, the films end up paying for themselves almost but they came and were like we love the transitions in what is beauty so they wanted it to feel really fluid and amazing and mad and in terms of like different shapes of boobs etc and then and then they had more mad color references from other films I've done like I did a film for selfridges with Sarah Andreasen who's an incredible uh Swedish illustrator um so they had other references for design but yeah you're right so the charity will often come with referencing your portfolio um or yeah knowing kind of what they want yeah quick point about what something you just brought up there about losing money on films um why would you say that is is it money that goes into distributing them or money that goes into the labor of making them yeah so i think it's just a lack of funding to be honest ben like i think maybe i'm quite bad at applying for funding properly but private parts it was just i got two thousand pounds um which didn't you know i mean it's like we we all worked on it for weeks and got about 100 pounds each so it's like 12 people working on it um and what is beauty had a four thousand pound budget from cnn and again i mean yeah it was like five of us working on it for two months so um i think Sadly, there are funding pots available. I don't want to be too downbeat. There's an amazing um, animation short fund that I think is going to pop up again from the BFI. Uh, The BFI has just given out multiple, almost 100k budgets to people in the UK just to make short films, which you probably know about. I unfortunately did not have an idea at that moment. So I missed out on that part. But it's going to come back, fingers crossed. So I've got to kind of get a treatment ready. Going back to love-hate relationship. Um, You mentioned what is beauty being kind of important for that. It also reminded me in a lot of respects of private parts in that it sort of takes on this subject and it's kind of presenting it from all angles and giving yeah. you a really, in a very, very short space of time, giving you this really sort of rounded overview of just all the sort of dimensions to it as a subject. Um, and I did private parts kind of inform that process or was, was it actually sort of determined beforehand? Like did the charity have a specific idea of like, we need to include this, this and this? Yeah. Really good question. It, Um, was always supposed to be two sides of the coin. So it was supposed to include everything, like the the beauty and the horror or the dislike and the love kind of thing. Um, And uh, I, I I think perhaps 
I think perhaps maybe they approached me because I always like doing that. I don't like I don't like something being just sad or just joyful. Like with what is beauty, it's a similar thing. If it starts, there are moments of real like lightness and warmth and like beauty. Essentially, you being overwhelmed by how soft and amazing the pieces, the references of pieces of art are, or the fertility goddesses and then there's a bit of a sting in the tail when it starts being kind of like this mad consuming of the female form as the woman's scrolling but yeah in private parts there are some slightly sinister moments and then there are some really really uplifting moments so like I I am always drawn to like I am always I never want it to be kind of like a preach you know I never want to be trying to tell people you should love your breasts or you should love your body or you should love sex I always want it to be like everything honesty and openness and in makes people feel like they're not alone yeah you know I think that's the main thing of trying to pervade feelings of shame by trying to say something trying to capture something authentic and mm. um, I think that's often like the core motivator for me yeah and it's definitely, it feels like a kind of shared quality with a project like Typically that in sort of putting everything so kind of front and centre in this very kind of overt way. But I think that the, the greater impact of films like that is that, you know, the more we're kind of just used to it as a concept and it's not just put away somewhere or sort of like yeah. talking about in hushed tones, the more chance we have of just getting on with it, normalising it and, and not yeah. letting it bother you. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that that's a great thing. I mean, animation has really sort of using animation as the medium to kind of yeah. tell that has helped. From my perspective, I'm not sure. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would totally agree that um, animation is one of the only mediums, actually, that you can use um, in a way that isn't too much hmm. with these issues that still lay on the lines of taboo and are still so shrouded in guilt, shame, disdain, like animation as this kind of, it has always, is always going to have this innocence to it and this accessibility um, that enables difficult subjects to kind of be able to be welcomed into the consciousness of people that you wouldn't expect because they're like oh it's it's unthreatening it's just an animation and that I think is what gives animation its power because it can make as well in animated documentary especially like I always say that animation is like a protective layer that you can use to like cover cover a subject um and therefore empathy is more able to flow because you're not actually judge you're not actually seeing a human being so you're so 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 there's less judgment um and the the drawing kind of can protect the person yeah. and it becomes more universally accessible basically uh so i'm totally with you like typically if you were to shoot typically live action it would not only have been astronomically expensive to have shot that kind of ambitious music video, but also it would have been kind of disgusting. (laughs) Like having a woman actually pull out a tampon and lasso it around her head and blood splatter all over the crowd is a bit too far. But with animation, it just feels like 
playful <sighs> gore or something. Sure. Um, and it feels more celebrated. Maybe, I mean, so many people probably still find it disgusting, but it maybe feels more silly and celebratory than full-on gross. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Something I noticed with this uh, What is Beauty, when I think CNN yeah. it, was that there were, and just by virtue of being on the internet, inevitably there were sort of responses to it. They were kind of missing the point. Do you ever sort of come up against responses, I guess, that where people are kind of underreacting uh, in a hostile way because it's not something they want to kind of address or have brought up? Yeah, great, great that you noticed that, Ben. Like the reactions to what is beauty. Hmm. I think simply because that's my only experience ever of like going viral. So that video got over 15 million hits. Um, and therefore there's always, it was shared on all the global CNN platforms and then started going mad on Facebook. So like just the Spanish version of it got like 11 million hits and then there were all these other and then if you went under the American one you're so right like on the Facebook there was like I think there was over 100,000 comments and loads of the comments were like no CNN fat is ugly and then beneath that comment there'd be like 20k comments responding to that and that's when actually, to be honest with you, I get really excited because you're not preaching to the choir anymore. It's like when people are having tangible conversations, like I truly, truly was getting really excited about being trolled on that film because the animation community is so elitist and pretty small. And like, there's not really going to be anyone at an animation festival who's like throwing rotten tomatoes at a curvy woman's bod on the screen. So the idea that conservative America were coming for that film and then there were full-on debates going on in the comments section was making me so happy because I was like, well, they might be ridiculing it. Maybe their daughter's in the room when they're watching it. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It feels like it's kind of has its a life of its own or something when things like that happen. And um, I think when that doesn't happen, I feel a bit disappointed almost because it's like, it's only got in front of people who already feel that way, you know? Okay. No, that's um, a very, very good point. The, the, the sort of echo chamber of positive. Totally, totally. It's something that's been on my mind a bit with the sort of absence of like festival attendance the last year and the kind of mania, especially events like Annecy where it's such a big event. There's so many people together in one place. Um, you know, people will respond to good things positively but they will also respond to dreadful things pretty positively <laughs> like just because they're there they're on holiday they're, they're happy or they're pissed or whatever and also, they kind of know the people are there so it's sort of and i've always found that with festivals like it's the spirit um, of camaraderie isn't it yes yeah. you're right yeah but i found on a much much smaller scale i've never had anything go viral but like of the one of the projects I've done, the one that kind of got a bit more exposure and got picked up by more than you know one or two blogs, there was one where that audience was not my audience, and it was just people who I'd ruined their day by having made this film. No way. And I mean, I I did find that response kind of fascinating and also kind of gratifying because okay, this isn't just people who, you know, 
not that there'd be much of a reason to kiss my ass, but you know, people are generally just friendly on Vimeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. Whereas in the wide world of the internet, if, if something sucks, people will say it because you know it's it's brought one hundred percent. 100 percent and that's what's so amazing about as well youtube like when i used to put music videos out i used to get absolutely rinsed like i'd get <laughs> destroyed in the comment section and it was amazing in a way because you're like god no. <laughs> i don't know it's kind of like you've always got to remember the context of who you're being ripped apart by what your tone is, you know, I was often doing music videos for very indie, middle of the road, middle class bands. And it was just, it was, it's just always, um, yeah, the underbelly of the, the trolls is always funny, maybe slightly hurtful, but also fascinating, you know, like, and, also and exciting. It can be exciting. Honestly, when it starts debates, when you can see debates in the comment section, it is exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, back to typically, you mentioned you work with Kevin. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, we have talked to her. She does great work. Have You you had yeah. worked together with her before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, We'd never collaborated in this way, though, which was quite amazing because... She has been an amazing support to me. Like she was, is a yacht, she's like five years younger. She has worked on, she worked on, she worked on a, a music video that I did with Robert, uh, Parallel Teeth. She worked on What Is Beauty. She worked on Ugly. She's an incredible talent. When I met her, she didn't even know how to animate. And she's just such a intuitive, fast learner with an amazing design sense. And, um, it was cool because it was the first time that I, I I wasn't able to do the design. And also I don't, I'm not that confident with design. I was away for the beginning period of, on that project and I was just doing animatic and action and ideas. And then she became the real director director because it was her characters and I was kind of working for her. So it was like a cool thing to, for like, you know, I suppose the student to outgrow the teacher and then the teacher to be underneath the student, you know? It's interesting. And then I was, it was cool. It was cool. And initially we were both a bit like, she was just a bit like, is this going to be weird that you're like working almost under me? And I was like, well, no, no, because it's so well-deserved and also because it's like, you know, you've got skills that I don't have. So, um it was it was cool and I can be cheesy in big board meetings and she's too cool to be like that so <laughs> she can be like the cool trendy one and I can be the try hard one and that works perfectly well Excellent. <laughs> something that uh, occurred to me watching typically <laughs> with the experience you have on so many music videos and typically being so sort of song oriented did that kind of come in handy as far as, you know, marrying, I guess, animation to music? No, that's a great question. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. We did so much music video research that oh. I love music videos as a medium. I always have. I consume them like sweets. I think that they're so addictive and pop, pop culture is always, even if it's like the worst, I find it so interesting because it always hits on something true 
in 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 current culture um and typically i wanted to be like a 90s performance video with a big budget so i gathered like i don't even know like maybe like 100 gifs from like destiny's child music videos like tlc music videos like all these kind of mad performance videos so you've got the chair sequences and typically you have like a sequence where there's like a led wall behind her when she jumps and does the splits and she's almost in like a checkered room it's almost like a cheesy set there's like a few moments where we were like really really referencing a certain genre of music video and it was and it was fun it was like and also because you can't really make music videos like that anymore without big budgets, which are very hard to come by, you know, because there's so much less money in releasing music. So it was like a, it was like an ode to high budget music videos yeah. that we'll never get to make. <laughs> as far as what's coming up for you next, is there anything that you have on the boil or coming up that you can talk about? So I would like to try and think of a new short for the BFI thing because, um, and I've never written a script. I've never made like a narrative short and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, <laughs> but it would be a good challenge for me to write something that isn't totally jarring when I read it back. So I think maybe that might be a good challenge. Um, I, there's a top secret project that I really hope is going to come back to life that was shut down because of COVID, um, which I can't really talk about, but it's um, an exciting series opportunity for a huge streaming platform, mm-hmm. um, which is a great collaboration with a live action director that I love. So I'm really hoping that comes back because that was like a dream. That was a dream project. Cool. And yeah, they need to shoot the live. So they need to wait for COVID to change up a bit in LA because the live was going to be done in LA. So fingers crossed that comes back. And um, other than that, taking a little mini break because I'm riddled with COVID. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, well, not the end COVID, but (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much again to Anna, who is assuredly on the mend. And to keep up with her work, be sure to follow her on her socials. She's at... Anna Ginsberg on Twitter and Instagram, and her website is annaginsberg.co.uk. And to check out more of the amazing work of Strange Beast, visit strangebeast.tv. Once again, you can catch Anna's recent film, A Love-Hate Relationship, as part of the commissioned films category at this year's Annecy Festival. Thanks again to Anna, and thanks to all of you for listening. We will be back soon with more podcasts and more one-to-ones, so stay alert. And in the meantime, be sure to check out squiggly.co.uk, and we're at Squiggly on Twitter, at Squiggly Animation on Instagram, and Squiggly Magazine on Facebook. Follow us on all of them. We've got tons to offer, and we're delightful, frankly. That's all from me. Until next time, happy animating.